This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals and the Bruins in round one starting Saturday night in D.C. Craig Anderson sits down with Ben on today's show and Tarek El-Bashir from The Athletic will also join us to give his perspective as the season comes to a close tonight against the Bruins. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, May 11th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. We now know the first-round matchup. The Capitals will face the Boston Bruins in a best-of-seven starting this Saturday night. It is a 7-15 start at Capital One Arena. The game can be seen nationally on NBC. will only be on NBC4 here in Washington and, of course, here on the Capitals Radio Network and here on Caps Radio 24-7. More on the Bruins-Islanders game in a little bit as the Bruins won an overtime to clinch third place, but it is time to get ready for Boston, Ben, and as it turns out, we get a preview of that series tonight here in our town. We get the Bruins and Capitals in uniform tonight, so we could look forward to that. I wonder how much of a preview this actually will be for Saturday night. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out tonight, John. Both these teams solidified in their positions, the second and third seeds in the division. You wonder, did the Bruins elect to maybe rest a couple of bodies, playing their second in as many nights? And we'll see just who, in fact, is available health-wise for the Capitals. So we'll see just to what extent it is a preview. But that said, in all seriousness, looking ahead to this series, boy, get your popcorn ready, John, because hopefully both teams do have their optimal lineups in place. They've both dealt with the injury bugs at time this year, the Bruins more so earlier this year. Capitals, of course, have had plenty of questions and concerns of late regarding player availability. But when these two teams are at their best, these are two heavy, highly skilled, deep teams Really, the class of the Eastern Conference, a case could be made for much of the last few years. You could put the Pittsburgh Penguins in that conversation, too, of course. But these are two elite teams that are going to meet in the first round. And again, here's hoping that they're both healthy and close to 100% come the weekend, because this has the potential, so many storylines, to be a really, really good and entertaining and very competitive series if everyone is in play. A lot more on the series and the Bruins tomorrow on the show. As for today, we focus on the home team. Word from practice yesterday is that Alex Ovechkin practiced without restrictions. That's good news. Peter Laviolette said after the skate yesterday that Ovechkin's status as well as Nick Backstrom, John Carlson, would be clearer after the morning skate today. But Ben, almost certainly out tonight is TJ Oshie, not skating with a team listed as day-to-day with a lower body injury. Yeah, again, not ideal. We've touched on it the, the past few games, the past few days, as the list of players who have been unavailable for the Capitals has continued to grow. We've acknowledged typically, ideally, you're spending this time of year as you inch closer to the playoffs, just fine-tuning things, getting your timing, you know, solidifying your special teams. And instead, the Capitals very much have been going with makeshift lineups, makeshift special teams units. So suboptimal from a Capitals perspective. Here's hoping maybe you do get some of those guys back in tonight against Boston, just again, to get some conditioning, to get some timing, to get some touches, not looking for the headliners to necessarily play upwards of 20, 22 minutes tonight. That's not needed, but certainly just it would be encouraging if you could start to see some more bodies, some more key cogs returning to the lineup, those who have been dealing with the injury bug. The company line is they're all day-to-day, John, so at least to an extent, I guess that's an encouraging sign. Nobody being ruled out long-term here, but uh, we'll start to learn more perhaps today after the morning skate and as we inch closer now to the big one coming up Saturday night. 
As we were getting ready to record this segment with Tarek El-Bashir from The Athletic yesterday at MedStar Capital's Iceplex, and many of you are familiar with the building's construction. For those who are not, the upstairs balcony is completely enclosed by netting. That's where the reporters watch practice here in COVID times. Somehow, Carl Hagelin managed to deflect a puck off a crossbar at practice, hit it up into the mesh, went through the netting, and hit Tarek in the uh, midsection. Not kidding. He's a gamer, though. He played through it, and he talked to me anyway yesterday. Well, Tarek here, the off-day practice, even with the mesh up here at MedStar Capital's Iceplex, you got to keep your head on a swivel up here. Yeah, as I found out a few minutes ago, you know, Carl Hagelin hit the crossbar, and the puck went up, hit the ceiling, hit two pieces of netting, came over the second pane of glass, and hit me in the how should I say, um, upper thigh area. So I, I, I got I to check with uh, with Jason Service here and make sure that I'm not going on the injured reserve with a lower body injury. It's kind of crazy to that end, all the injuries that are happening around here, maybe even to you, but <coughs> all the guys that were missed. This is almost biblical at this point where you've got all these guys that mean so much to this team. Ben Raby talked about it on Saturday night. The entire first power play unit, more than $40 million worth sitting out once TJ was out of the lineup in the third period in the game against the Flyers. This has got to get better really quick, I think. I've covered the NHL since the late 1990s. I've covered teams that were banged up. I've never covered a team that's had so many high-end players out at the same time. I mean, as Raby said, I mean, this is half of your salary cap was out, you know, if you're including TJ there late in that game on Saturday night. It's something you can overcome and win a game against the Flyers, despite all of that, those injuries. The Flyers don't have anything to play for. It becomes a problem once you start getting into the postseason and you start getting deeper into the postseason, game three, game four, if guys aren't coming back because you can withstand some injuries. It's hard to survive for much longer than a game or two in the postseason if some of these guys don't come start coming back. You know, we've got some good news, though, from what we've been able to see here through the opening of practice. Yeah, let's talk about that. Alex Ovechkin back and looked pretty good, whether he plays or not tomorrow. I don't know that I'd even read a whole lot into, because if you want to hold him out a little bit more, he's the kind of guy, and Ben and I talked about it on the show yesterday, if you want to just insert him in on Saturday or Monday or whatever it ends up being, he's going to be fine. I mean, if, he, if you feel the extra rest is needed, fine. If he plays tomorrow, fine. I think the concern for number eight may be lessened from what we saw here today. I, I agree. Uh, he has shown time and again throughout his career that he's able to miss time, sometimes extended amounts of time, and, and step right back into the lineup. I, I was told by someone close to him over the weekend that he probably does want to get back in there, even if it's in limited minutes on Tuesday against Boston, just to kind of feel the puck and you know make sure everything is right. The decision is not going to be totally in his hands. I think Alex always wants to play. I think uh, the training staff sometimes has to hide his skates not literally but they have to say listen listen alex this is the best thing for you and then you know he complies but it'll be inter- interesting to see if he um, if he does play i would not be surprised either way nick backstrom is back and going this morning john carlson is back and going this morning so some good news there biggest question of the day right now is no tj oshi and after the injury that we saw at the very end of the second period on saturday night the fact that he is not here still awaiting some kind of word here as you and i talk don't know that we're going to hear a whole lot but the fact he's not out here is troubling it, it didn't look great saturday night if you if you're a lip reader what he said on the bench to jason service didn't sound great we'll have to 
you know, see how things play out here over the next few days. But if you're missing the first practice when other guys are coming back, that tells me that, that he's probably hurt. Hopefully we'll get a little more information. I'm not going to hold my breath. It's that time of year where, you know, star players, uh, you know, we'll ask Peter Laviolette and he'll go, who, what? I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot out of him. But, uh, I mean, he look, he's the heartbeat of this team. You know, he's one of the most important players on that power play. Uh, for You know, he's having a career year in terms of power play goals. If he is not able to come back, that's a huge chunk out of this team's lineup it would seem that if he is unable to go this opens up a little more daylight for a guy that you really can't take out of the lineup anyway the way he's playing and Daniel Sprong an incredible run for him he seems to be playing with as much confidence and even though he's had far fewer games if he gets one more goal in the final game of the year he ties a career high with what he got in Anaheim a couple of seasons back. I don't think you can understate what he's done down the stretch in the absence of others here. Uh, You can't, and I I think that he might just be a guy who needed another year or two, maybe needed a wake-up call to kind of understand that he's got to be better without the puck, you know, better in his own end. Uh, This team has worked really, really hard with him throughout the year on improving those aspects of his game, and I think he's taking it to heart. There have been times where I have watched him play this, you know, three, four weeks where I've gone, this guy's becoming a good hockey player. He's becoming a valuable piece of this team. Not only the goal scoring, but he's backtracking with intensity. He's hitting people. His setup ability is maybe underrated. He's made some incredible passes the last couple of games for assists. He seems to drive play in the right direction when he's out there. And at $725,000, that's an incredible value for what he's bringing to this team. I think he's opened some eyes, and I think that there are going to be some decisions that are made this offseason knowing that he can come in and do this job now. So here's the $64,000 question as we wrap up with Tarek El-Bashir here at the rink. This has been an interesting year going back to even before the season started in goal. No Henrik Lundqvist. And early on, no Ilya Samsonov out with COVID protocol. Vitek Vanacek at one point placed 13 in a row. Craig Anderson's closing statement to maybe being a part of this team in the postseason. Thought he was awfully good against the Philadelphia Flyers, a veteran poison leadership we talked about here on the show yesterday. Your thoughts on the goaltending situation as one game remains tonight against Boston and then, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs starting as soon as this weekend. How much time you got, John? I got all the time you need, my man. <laughs> I, it looks to me like Ilya Samsonov is, has worked his way out of the equation. You know, he's missed now nine days been on the COVID protocols list. Who knows for what? I mean, he's already had COVID. I almost feel like he's just become too unreliable. and He's missed too much time now to stick back in there. I think it's going to come down to, to Vonacek and Anderson now as your goaltenders. I, if I had to guess, I think Vonacek gets game one, but he has a short leash. Let's, let's be honest. He's been good, not great. This is an important playoff run for this team. They can't afford to fall into a 2-0 hole. I think that if he wins game one, maybe he gets game two. I still think Anderson's going to work his way in there at this point, but I do think it'll be a short lease for, for, for the young rookie. I, I think that the way the Capitals are going to win in the playoffs is going to be outscoring the opponents. Uh, Chicago did it with their first cup. It can be done. It, the, the game gets tighter out there, and it gets harder and harder to score goals, but this team, if everyone's healthy, can put up some big numbers, and I think that makes goaltending less of a concern. Defense and goaltending wins championships, usually. Anyway, <laughs> Tarek, thank you. Thanks, John. Appreciate Tarek Al-Bashir chatting with me yesterday in Arlington ahead of tonight's game against Boston. Meanwhile, Ben had a chance to catch up with a guy we expect to be on the playoff roster after his performance on Saturday night, Craig Anderson. No, I was exciting. You know, I think 
for me to, to be called upon there with a, you know, it was back to back. So I was kind of expecting to get it. So I was kind of getting prepped for it all week, knowing that the back to back was coming up. So to get the call was, was nice and kind of to get that uplifting spirit and, you know, just kind of go out there and, and give the team a chance to, to win is, is kind of my mindset. And, you know, I've, I've played the game long enough to, to know that whether you're playing on a daily basis or getting your spot start here and there, you got to be ready at any time. So, you know, just use the practice time for the last little bit to, to stay ready. And, you know, it's just a mental battle at that point of, of mind over matter, knowing that uh, telling yourself you're ready to go, you can do this, you've done it before, and uh, let's get after it. The way the last week has unfolded, does that change anything for you mentally going from a taxi squad, essentially number three on the depth chart, to now all of a sudden, you know, a shot or a tap on the shoulder away from potentially being pegged as the guy as we're now within a week of the start of the postseason. Yeah, I think my mindset all year has kind of been you're one you're you know you're one injury away or one COVID positive test away from being, you know, the guy that, that's gonna be relied on heavily. So that's been the mindset from day one. And now that we're kind of in that, you know, again, the second time we've kind of gone through this COVID thing that kind of thrust me into the position I'm in is is now it's the same mindset, you know, support VTEC. You know, give him all the uh, the expertise, the, the knowledge that I've kind of experienced and try to share that and help him grow. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still sitting here waiting, saying, hey, if the team needs me and the coach wants me to get in there, I got to make sure that I can do the job that they're, they're, they're counting on me to do. So, you know, the mindset doesn't change. It's still your, you know, you're still one shot, one injury away or, you know, I, I just kind of you, you stay in that moment as best you can. You use the practices as your games. You, you push the guys around you to be better you push yourself to, to make sure that you're ready to go because you want to make sure that your teammates can can look at you and say hey he's giving it everything he can to, to be ready and, and he's going to do the job for us if he if he needs to be you you speak like a real like, like a realist like, like you know well aware of of the situations and with a mature attitude here maybe that comes with with veteran savviness i i wonder w- would you have been able to handle a situation like this earlier in your career or have you kind of always been a cool steady guy in in that regard the answer is a is a pretty confident no to that that question and i'll give you i'll give you a, a couple reasons why well the first reason is when i was younger in my career and i made the nhl i was satisfied just kind of being there you're happy you just back it up you're happy to be along for the ride and you kind of lose a little bit of that fire that, that says hey what got you here you got here because you wanted to play every day and that's the fire that you need to stay at this level and to compete and to be ready when you're called upon. So that was the first thing that kind of changed, you know, as I went through my career early to, to mid and then pushed on and, you know, and now it's the same mentality. Am I itching to go play? Yeah, hundred percent. I want that net, you know, but I understand that right now VTEC earned his ice time and I have to support him in a hundred percent role and saying, Hey, VTEC, I'm here for you. Sammy, I'm here for you. Whatever you guys need, I'm, I'm here to share my experience. You got questions you want me to, to share any type of experience that I've had. I'm more than happy to talk to you and, and push you in that way. But I still have that fire to be, hey, you want me in the net, coach? I'm ready to go. Put me in there and I'll, I'll, I'll do the best that I can possibly do to, to give the team a chance to win. And that's the mentality that, that I didn't have as a younger player. You reference you've had the mentality and you have to stay sharp and you have to be chomping at the bit and ready when your number is called. This is looking ahead. If called upon between now and, and when the team season ends, in other words, if called upon come playoff time, despite having two starts this whole regular season, you sound like you're mentally there. You sound like you're ready. You feel good? Can you handle that? Yeah. 
I mean, the, the, the short answer is yes, 100%. I mean, we've been pre prepared for it for all our all our lives. You know, you you prepare from the time you're six years old, pretending you're in the Stanley Cup final. Like this, this is this is it. You know, we're in we're in the dance. What you make of the dance is is up to, to your attitude and your mentality of you know being the guy that can be a difference maker. And, and uh, playoffs is a different animal than, than regular season. And you know, it's it's tough to to explain. You know, but an emotional player during playoffs is something you don't want to run into because that emotion can change the tide of an entire series. I've seen it numerous times. I mean, we saw it in a in a one game there with with TJ coming back with from his father's uh, passing. You know, you saw the emotion in the player. You saw that the difference that that could make. And if you get a if you get a goalie, you get a, a you know a hot score. That, that all of a sudden the emotion now gets involved. Playoffs being a shorter, you know, but, but the regular season over 82 games, you, you can't play at that emotional high. You just burn yourself up. But when you get into that, that short segments of, of a best of seven series and you run into an emotional team or an emotional player, you know, look out. Ben, first of all, great work and great answers from him. He sounds like a coach. He sounds like someone who was dying at one more chance to win a Stanley Cup. I love that interview from start to finish and the answers that he gave. Just really great stuff. And you find yourself really pulling for him here to get a chance. Hopefully he's not needed. But if he is, what a story it would be. Yeah, he seems like an easy guy to root for, Craig Anderson. And again, it's just in such small sample sizes that we've seen him here this year, just the four appearances during the regular season and only two starts. But boy, did he look good the other night. You and Ken acknowledged on the broadcast, it was the eye test. It was the way he handled himself his first start in more than two months. Didn't look fidgety, just looked very much in control. Cool, calm, and collective veteran that he is. And that, that's how the conversation I had with him tended to go as well. That was just a portion of the chat. We'll have more coming up today on Caps Game Day and we'll air portions throughout our broadcast tonight on the radio network. But just a guy who, he's a realist. He's a mature guy. He knows what he signed up for this year. He's not looking at the depth chart and wondering, hey, how come I'm not getting more playing time? He understands that there's two young goaltenders who the organization is, is behind who have been with the team for several seasons here organizationally-wise. But he also understands, look, if the opportunity comes up, I need to be ready. And he was ready on Saturday. And you can hear him in those answers, John. He is revved up. He's chomping at the bit. And if the opportunity to get back into the postseason to play again in the Stanley Cup playoffs in what very well could be his final go at it here at age 39, soon to be 40, he sounds like a guy who's emotionally invested, emotionally ready, and physically and mentally all in despite those limited opportunities this season. Yeah, looking forward to hearing the rest of that interview coming up this afternoon on Caps Game Day starting at 4 Eastern here on Caps Radio 24-7. Around the Mass Mutual East Division last night, we take you to TD Garden in Boston where the Bruins and the Islanders battled for third place in the East. Taylor Hall opened the scoring with his ninth goal of the season, seventh for the Bruins. Boston led 1-0 after 1 into the second period after Oliver Wallstrom had tied the game at 1. Brad Marchand once again gave Boston the lead. By Varlamov, now Pasternak. He'll wind it high. Krejci and a change out in front. They score! Brad Marchand! Right out in front! 2-1 to one Boston. John Forsland on the call with Pierre Maguire last night on NBCSN, but it would not stay that way for long. Just 2 minutes and 16 seconds later, Matt Barzell would tie it up. Rask got a piece of that one. What a stop by Tuka Rask. 
Beauvillier. Brian Pollock all the way across. Barzell. He scores! A beautiful goal by an outstanding player. Matt Barzell has tied it. And there would be no more goals in regulation. As the clock hit zero last night at the Garden, we knew the matchup. Boston, who will visit Washington tonight, will be back this weekend for game one of the East Division semifinals against the Caps. In overtime, Taylor Hall, yeah, he looked ready for the postseason. Hall from Krejci moves in, has a bit of space, a backhander, he scores! What a goal! Taylor Hall wins it in overtime! Final score, 3-2 in overtime. Hall, the game winner. The Islanders are the four-seed, Ben. They'll get Pittsburgh, the East Division champ. The Bruins will be here Saturday night, 7-15 for game one, the three-seed versus the two. I didn't see a lot out of the Islanders game last night that made me think that team's ready for the postseason, but I know Boston is, and I know also that Pittsburgh is, and Washington, if they're healthy, I'm sure they will be too. And the New York Islanders, this is a bit of an odd thing, John. We've been talking about it on the show the past few weeks. They've really been trending in the right direction, and it started with that uh, three-game sweep. The Capitals dealt them uh, in late April, and really since then, they were never able to really get back on track. As for the Boston Bruins, I know we're going to be talking about them throughout the week, getting set for game one on Saturday, but I'll tell you, John, that's a Boston Bruins team playing their best hockey of the season since the trade deadline. Maybe fitting that Taylor Hall played as well as he did last night in the win over the Isles, including the OT winner, eight goals, 14 points in 16 games since joining Boston. Bruins a league best 12-3-1 since the trade deadline. So a team that is playing its best hockey, maybe at the most important part, at least of the regular season here coming down the stretch. Elsewhere, the Flyers won 4-2 over the Devils, both teams finishing their respective seasons. Tonight, only one, just what we'll call Game 0 between the Caps and Bruins. Game 1 will be Saturday night after the Preakness Stakes on NBC. A quick note on the Rangers, though. Players in their getaway meetings yesterday, speaking to the media, head coach David Quinn and new president general manager Chris Drury did not meet with the media yesterday and not sure when they're gonna, but it doesn't sound real good for David Quinn, Ben. No, it doesn't, John. And this whole thing with the Rangers is is a bit of a head-scratcher. If you had just gone back two weeks ago, and said that all of this would have unfolded over the final week plus of the regular season, the firing of John Davidson, the firing of GM Jeff Gordon, questions regarding David Quinn. I would have scratched my head at that. This is very much a team in the Rangers. They were competitive this year. They seem to be trending in the right direction. David Quinn has gotten the team for the most part to buy in, it seems, from afar. Just a surprising turn of events there in New York, really, over the past week plus, and the way an otherwise promising season came to a really awkward end in New York. Your last look at the standings. This is the last day of the regular season, and everything going to be locked in in terms of points, everything already locked in in terms of standings. Pittsburgh at 77, they're the division champs. Number two, Washington, 75. Even if they win tonight, they lose the tiebreaker. Clinched home ice, second place. They'll play Boston, who got third last night with a win over the Islanders. Islanders lose. They're done and ready for round one against Pittsburgh. They're in fourth. Caps and Bruins tonight at seven. Ben, what's coming up here on Caps game day on Caps Radio 24-7, starting at four? And busy regular season finale edition of the show. We'll have the full conversation, myself and Craig Anderson. We'll put the spotlight on Zdeno Chora. Stick tap and a kudos to the Big Z, named the Washington chapter of the Professional Hockey Writers Association nominee for the Bill Masterton Trophy awarded annually in the NHL to the player who best exhibits dedication, perseverance, and sportsmanship in the game of hockey. And also we'll put the spotlight 
On the Capitals' Ironmen this year, quartet of players set to have perfect attendance this year, Hathaway, Dowd, Haglin, and Brendan Dillon. All right, looking forward to that. Caps and Bruins tonight at 7, game 56 of 56. Ben, have yourself a spiffy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. See you at the rink. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.